0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Will Cain. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown.
0: Tuesday, September 13th, 2022, I'm Evan Brown. A surprise Ukrainian move sends Russian soldiers running out of Kharkiv, abandoning their vehicles and their weapons, showing once again how Russia's military is full of soldiers who don't
2: know how to fight the war their leaders are waging. Before this, when they think of Ukraine, they're thinking about going to Ukraine to date girls. Now you're putting guns in their hands and you're saying, go shoot them. That's not easy to do. That's not the kind of psychological transition that just happens in the in the time frame that the Russian Federation needed it to happen in order to effectively wage this battle. But remember, they didn't think they would need to because they thought the Ukrainians would walk them with open arms.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition.
1: Kudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Kudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Shouts of joy and victory were
0: numerous in Ukraine and in the West upon learning that the Ukrainian military drove Russia's entrenched troops from the region near Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest city, For some, the phrase turning point is being bandied about, though others are noting the obvious victory is just singular, if not major. But how did Ukraine pull it off with Western help? Not just Western money or Western guns, but Western smarts.
2: Six months ago, if you'd asked most analysts who the second best military in the world was, Without question, they would have said the Russian Federation.
0: Dr. Matthew Schmidt is an expert on Russia and Russia policy. He's also a professor of political science and national security at the University of New Haven. He says Ukraine's recent big win was not accidental, perhaps a little lucky, but the result of patience, planning and using someone else's warfare expertise.
2: But watching them in this war, I'm not sure anybody would say that right now. They have big guns, right? They have nuclear weapons. Of course, those things make a difference. But on the ground, uh, we've been shocked at the poor performance. I don't want to take anything away from Ukrainians, right? Because what happened in the East and what happened in the South was the result of some really brilliant military planning, some really brilliant execution and, and maximization of what they have in terms of weapons, in terms of personnel. Um, it's been Heavily augmented by the kind of training, you have, you have several thousand um, uh, soldiers now that have come back from training on HIMARS and other things in Great Britain, in the United States. And this is a huge force multiply. But the other side of this equation is how bad the Russians are, right? The Ukrainians know what they're fighting for. The Russians don't. We've heard story after story about Ukrainians crossing the border um, at the start of, of this reinvasion and saying, I, I didn't even know I was coming to Ukraine. Right? And to put this in perspective, you've got teenage soldiers, soldiers in their early 20s. Right? Before this, when they think of Ukraine, they're thinking about going to Ukraine to date girls. Now you're putting guns in their hands and you're saying, go shoot them. That's not easy to do. That's not the kind of psychological transition that just happens in the in the time frame that the Russian Federation needed it to happen in order to effectively wage this battle. But remember, they didn't think they would need to because they thought the Ukrainians would welcome them with open arms. So now what that means is, is you have um, Russian soldiers out there who don't know why they're fighting. They're not fighting well, right? You have a Russian uh, military culture that organizes this thing in such a way that requires senior officers to come down to the battlefield in order to change orders on the fly. Whereas Ukrainians are doing that organically. They're more structured like a Western military with a non-commissioned officer realm. And those are the things that are really making the difference. You have to have the weapons. You got to have the guns, right? You got to have the intelligence support from the West. But if you have all of those things and you don't have the kind of brilliant leadership and brilliant soldiering that the Ukrainians have, they don't pull off what we saw in Karpov right they don't pull off the months long or at least weeks long deception routine that was going on in logistics um tail that had to that had to sell that routine right and then the tactical maneuvers that that Ukrainian forces had to use in order to sell that they were starting uh, a major offensive you know in, uh, in in Kherson right all of that's not happening in one day and all of that stuff has to happen because of the professionalism on the Ukrainian side but the Russians Are wildly unprofessional wildly unprepared and that's why this is a big deal
0: let's talk about that deceptive tactic that the ukrainians employed i mean when you talk about playing the long game uh, you know russia had always gotten credit for playing a long game it seems like the ukrainians played a much longer game in that they were were able to fool them meaning the russians as to what their plans were and where they were amassing their their force uh and what they were going to focus on um could we talk about how the Ukrainians got there and got to the point that they are today? Because it, it's almost, um, I mean, it was a fake out, but it was obviously a months-long fake out.
2: Yeah, so let's start back a while, right? I used to teach at a place called the School of Advanced Military Studies where U.S. military planners are trained. It's part of the Army's command, and general staff College, And we had foreign officers from every place you could imagine, right? Ukrainian officers have been going through those kinds of professional military schools in the US and in Great Britain and other NATO countries for some time now. Remember, this war didn't start in February 2022. It started in February 2014. This war has been going on 3000 plus days. So you have an entire generation of Ukrainian uh, soldiers and officers who, who have had, right, daily experience of of dealing with Russian forces, right? Of of light combat, if you can ever call combat that, um, for years on end. So these guys and these gals, there are a lot of women in frontline units in Ukraine are really, really good. And they've gotten great training in the West. And you have these military planners now who are using um, Western techniques who have built this experience up. And they are playing this very long game to say, we have to make these gains in order to be in a position, right, to set up a logistics trail in order to let the Russians see that, in order to engage in an information deception campaign, which is to say, really, we're going to, you know, we want we want everybody in the press to start saying, well, we don't know for sure. We want we want pundits like myself to say, well, I don't know for sure, but boy, if you force me to say it, you know, I would guess that they're, they're ready to start their, um, their offensive, their counteroffensive in the South. Right. It's not that they're not going to have a counteroffensive in the South. It's just that they're delaying it and it's not the first one. So all of this has taken planning in order to induce people to say these things in order to signal in hard intelligence to the Russians uh, that that's where it's going. And the Russians wait and they wait and finally they're like, I don't know, maybe it's going to happen. I don't know. Look, it really looks like it's going to happen there. We can't let it happen. Crimea is at risk if we let them push us back and we can't get to Odessa. Maybe we ought to start moving troops right? And so they start moving units. You've got Ukrainian intelligence on the ground. You've got Western intelligence in the air and in space. So we're watching and we see which units are moving. We see when they're moving, right? Where they're moving to. And the the Russians don't have that kind of view on what's going on with the Ukrainians, right? Because we're messing with it. And, And so the Ukrainians are then able to flow in units in small amounts and build up a localized advantage you know, that in the end, we're now saying it was eight to one. Um, and that's how they pull it off.
0: We've been speaking with Dr. Matthew Schmidt. He is a professor of political science and national security at the University of New Haven in Connecticut on the Fox News rundown evening edition. We'll have more with Dr. Schmidt straight ahead. So is this a turning point? I mean, I've heard that that phrase over the past, like, 72 hours. Though so this is the turning point in the war. Uh, I I don't know if can can we make that determination yet? It it almost seems too soon.
2: No, I don't think so. Um, In the end, as bad as Russia is, they have a lot more guns. Right. And in the end, sort of more bigger guns, too. And quantity, even however poorly implemented, is a kind of quality. Right. If they're willing to blow hell out of anything in their way, it doesn't take a lot of skill. Right. It takes a lack of ethics. But if you have that and you have big guns, you can do a lot of damage to the other side. They could still decide to do that, right? We've seen them do that in places like Mariupol. So so that's still a possibility. And in the end, right, the enemy is always going to get another punch, right? I think in the end, this ends up in the streets of Moscow. In the end, you have to have a crisis in, in the Russian government and you have to have the people finally stand up and say, we don't agree with Vladimir Putin. We don't agree with his style of government. We want to be a normal European country. We want to be a democracy. Now that might happen in a year. It might happen in ten years, but that's the long-term political player that that has to that has to take place here. In the meantime, right, it's up to it's up to what Vladimir Putin decides he's willing to do and how far he can push his military to do those things. And I think we're starting to see a lot of tension there. But one can never say, right, because in the end russian uh, public opinion has has i won't say it's been pro-war but it's not been strongly anti-war yet and those who have been anti-war have been um arrested and harassed into silence or exiled from the country um so it's really unclear to people who watch public opinion in russia you know where that dial is at any moment
0: dr matthew schmidt professor of national security political science at the university of new haven thank you once again for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition.
2: Always a pleasure.
1: You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.